From the Financial Times in New York, I'm Cardiff Garcia, and this is FT News. Today's jobs report was a real disappointment. What does it mean for Federal Reserve policy going forward, and what does it say about the U.S. economy? I'm Cardiff Garcia. I'm joined by my colleague on Alphaville, Matt Klein. Matt, how are you? Good, how are you? So this garbage dumpster fire of a report, um, beneath the disappointment of just 38,000 jobs created, which was well below consensus, uh, were more disappointments. That's right. Uh, Tell us what some of those were. Sure. So the unemployment rate, for example, is down. But if you look over the past two months, that's caused entirely, more than entirely, by the fact that people have simply stopped looking for work rather than actual jobs being created. Uh, On top of that, the... Bureau People of labor, left the labor force. That's right. They they're out. just they're just giving up or whatever. Right. They might be retiring. They, but, but you know they're no. It's not because jobs have been added. Right. Uh, on top of that, uh, in addition to the very weak report this month, the past two months have also been revised down. So if you look at the, uh, the sort of the three month average of job growth, it's actually the slowest pace now has been since the entire recovery started. This report tends to follow a pattern, which is that if jobs reports of prior months have been revised, then you can expect that jobs growth itself has been weaker if they've been revised down. Yeah, it usually tends to be the case that in downturns, things get revised down later, so they're worse, and then in recoveries, they get revised up, it turns out they're better. So the fact that they're being revised down on top of the fact they're already slow, it really suggests that job growth is... Yeah, job growth really is slowing down. Okay. Um, I find the U.S. economy right now to be a really confusing thicket of activity, right? So on the one hand, um, we have really bad GDP numbers in the first quarter, right? Weak growth. Um, Business investment has been weak. Uh, We have these jobs reports now that are coming in uh, a little bit weaker than they used to come in, right? Um, On the other hand, the consumer, which traditionally has been a really important part of the U.S. economy, has been pretty resilient, right? The consumer is still spending money. Um, And the housing market in particular is showing signs of life. how do we reconcile these things? It's tough to say. I mean, so one thing, for example, that you can look at, and some of that's you know, being affected by the decline in gas prices, but that vehicle miles driven per person has just gone way up in the past sort of, year and a half. Some of that's obviously due to the fact that gas is cheaper, so people feel more compelled to drive, but also it's because I think people have more jobs and more reasons to do it, and they feel more comfortable. Uh, government spending cuts have basically stopped. So there had been for quite a few years, starting around 2010, just at both at the federal and at the state and local levels, cuts in jobs, cuts in spending and programs. That's mostly come to an end. It's not as if the, you know, the spending has gone up, but you, know, you, you, you change from being a sort of a negative impulse to neutral, and that, that can have an effect as well. Sure. On the other hand, you have sectors of the economy that are exposed to weakness abroad and to the fact that the dollar has gotten a lot stronger. You have sectors exposed to uh, investment in commodity extraction, particularly oil, but also you know, other kind of metal producing stuff. And obviously, they're, they've been hurting a lot, partly for things that have nothing to do with conditions here. So you have sort of real bifurcated uh, economy, and it's tough to see kind of how it all adds up. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, and by the way, here on Alphaville, we are a detail-oriented bunch. Uh, you dug into the jobs numbers um, a little bit deeper, uh, and you came away with at least a couple of signs of not necessarily hope, but at least uh, a couple of signs of things that should at least ward off like total despair about this report. Uh, what did you right. find? So a couple of things. I mean, one, we alluded to this earlier, but the U.S. population is aging. So looking at sort of aggregate numbers can be a little bit misleading for looking at sort of what is the real employment picture for, you know, a given person who wants to have a job. If you look, if you just break down into age cohorts of people who really, you know, they should be working, they shouldn't be in school, they shouldn't be retired, people in sort of the 25 to 54 bracket. Prime age. Is <clears throat> Prime age is the technical term. I mean, it's sort of, you know, 
sort of offensive if someone's a little older. You know, I mean, they, they can still be, feel prime the inside or whatever. But yeah, that's it's called prime. Uh, you know, that employment, the the share of those people with a job, it was flat for a long time. So basically, collapsed during the crisis. Didn't grow basically at all until like 2012, 2013. And now it actually has been rising pretty steadily. Uh, let's talk quickly about the Fed. Um, there had been a kind of a sequence of FOMC officials who had said, right, that a rate hike in the summer would be appropriate. Notably amongst them was Janet Yellen, right? right? This would seem to complicate things quite a bit. In the immediate aftermath of the report, we know that the dollar was down uh, and that according to Fed Funds futures contracts, the chance of a rate hike in June, certainly, but also in July, has now plummeted. Uh, what do you think this means? It's tricky because the Fed, I mean, the way they think about this is that uh, they want to make sure that the inflation rate stays under control. And in their basic model of the economy, the thing that will affect the inflation rate either getting faster or slower is the amount of what they call slack in the job market. So basically how many people don't have a job puts pressure on everyone else uh, to, you know, how much bargaining power they have to ask for wages. You know, it's not really clear whether this model of the economy is correct. Uh, it's notoriously hard right, to measure. Too. Right, and there's, there's a lot of historical disagreements about it over time, whether this is even the right way of thinking about things. But that seems to be the model they're working with. And so you can look at things in this report and kind of find pieces of evidence either way. So on the one hand, sort of the most simple thing is just the average hourly earnings of private sector workers is growing at a very, very slow rate relative to history, and it hasn't been accelerating. They were expecting some kind of acceleration. Right now it's only about 2.5% per year. Um, you figure if inflation should be around 2-ish, that's, you know, generally in the past you have uh, wage growth of closer to, say, 3 or 4%. So this is pretty on the low end for what they're expecting. On the other hand, if you believe, as some of them do, that as time goes on and more and more people become employed, there's sort of a chance that the, there'll be a real kink in, in the, um, the chart showing wage growth because basically at some point employers run out of, you know, fresh bodies. The other currently employed workers will have more bargaining power. If you believe that that story is true, you can look at the numbers we were just talking about in terms of the employment rates for prime age people, uh, and you might think there's some room. On the other hand, just to add a little complication, there has been improvement in those in those categories, but it's still way below where it was before the crisis. I mean, still a lot of room yeah. potentially if you look at, to keep growing. Yeah, I mean, if you look at what I would sort of call the super prime category of 35 to 44, you know, they're not going to be taking off to go to school, not going to be you know retiring early or whatever. I mean, they're really they're the most employed age group, their employment rate fell by about 5 percentage points during the crisis. It's since gone up about 3 percentage points. So there's clearly a lot of room. Right. And it's not as if inflation was kind of running way off the rails beforehand either. So Yes, I'm in that category, and I can tell you I'm not going anywhere. Uh, Matt Klein, thanks a lot. Exactly. You can get lots more of the FT's coverage uh, on the jobs report at FT.com.